It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Well, uh, thank goodness it's just a preseason, uh, so don't be too concerned, maybe. A lot of talking this preseason. Now it's time to do some walking. Now it's time for Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Indeed, Locked On Magic. Today is October 4th, 2022. My name is Philip Rossenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at underscore omd On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we're going to break down the Orlando Magic's 108-97 to loss. I forget. 109-97 to loss. The score doesn't matter. To the Memphis Grizzlies as they play their first preseason game. Showed some good signs. Showed some concerning signs. Showed some preseason signs. We'll decipher it all coming up on today's episode. But before we do that, we want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. No matter when you listen to us, whether it's first thing in the morning, whether it's right when we upload, we truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Locked On podcast covering every single team in the NBA. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for. The Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. Uh, So, I just want to roll back here uh, before we dive too deep into this game. Um, I, I, hopefully, I gave these warnings out uh, on, on Monday's episode. Um, it's preseason, uh, so don't read too much into everything, especially early preseason, especially these first preseason games. Um, I, I hope I warned, um, and if not, I am going to say this here. Uh, when I was at practice Sunday, um, they let us watch kind of the end of practice, some of the shooting drills. There were a lot of shots missing short and long. There were a lot of shots that just were not hitting. And, and, I, and I had the feeling 
that the Magic are going to have some tired legs and some heavy legs coming into this game. And, that, and that's not an excuse because the NBA season's long and grueling and all that, but training camp specifically is grueling. And so I, I'm pretty sure I said this on yesterday's pod, when you get to this preseason game, especially this first preseason game, the score isn't what's important, although we'll, we'll dive into that a little bit. Um, it's the process. It's it's how things are developing. Are you getting good shots? Are you getting in the flow of things? And so, uh, in that sense, that's how we need to evaluate this game and how we need to evaluate uh, what we saw here uh, in this first preseason game, and especially this first preseason game. I, I would I would sit here and say that you know if I were to give the Magic an overall grade. For, for Tuesday's or for Monday's game against the Grizzlies, I would probably give them a C or a C plus. Um, there were some legitimately good things that the team did. Uh, you know, and again, just let's just let's just use the language that the Magic are using. Let's just use the kind of the the the, the things that we know they've been focusing on. They've been focusing on moving the ball faster and moving the ball a whole lot more. And honestly, I would say that there was much per- much more purposeful and and intent to move the ball quickly. Cole Anthony was not just standing around doing dribble moves. He either he was like Franz, almost like Franz Wagner in some ways. Either the drive was there or he kicked it quick and and those passes snapped. Like I I was really impressed with Cole especially uh with how the pa- how his passes snapped. RJ Hampton who, you know, we criticized all summer long for his struggles in summer league showed exactly the growth we wanted to see. He was under control, he was poised, he was he was aggressive, he was assertive, but he was quick, and if something wasn't there, he didn't force it. Um, I was really impressed with RJ Hampton in this game. If anything, one of the issues the Magic had in Monday's game was they overpassed it a little bit, or they tried to pass it too much. Um, you know, it's not that the passes weren't there, some of their passes were forced. So instead of dribbling into trouble... They passed themselves in trouble. And look, it's expected. The Grizzlies had the same issue. The Grizzlies had 25 turnovers too. The Magic had 25, had 25, 26 turnovers. It's expected at this point that everyone's just a hair off. Um, and, and so we saw that. Like, Paolo Bancaro in the first quarter came off a pick and roll, had a pass, threw it to Mobamba, went through Mobamba's hands. That's 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 the kind of stuff that's going to happen at this stage. And again, I say this every preseason. The goal is to be better at the end of the preseason than you are at the beginning. It's a progress. You know, I think I think even John Morant ended up saying this uh, after the game. It's a or it's actually it was Damian Lillard who said this after his after Portland's game in Seattle. It's about progression. It's about what you carry over from camp into the games and from game to camp and game and 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 on and on and on and on. It's about getting better that way. And so you know when you look at these preseason games, evaluate it on that scale. Evaluate it on whether the team is progressing in the things that they want to do. Defensively, the Magic were really solid in the paint. I was actually really, really impressed with their paint defense. Some of their switching definitely could use some fine-tuning, but you could see the potential the Magic have defensively. Um, There's definitely an emphasis on protecting the paint, and and with all the bigs and the switching that they're planning on doing, teams are going to find it hard to get in the lane. I think the big adjustment that the Magic are going to have to make, and this is where they got really killed in this game because Santi Aldama hit a bunch of threes, um, is spraying out to three-point line. It's trusting that the help's going to be there, that you only need one player to help, and that everyone else can kind of stay closer to three-point line. Um, 
The Magic can't be so committed to defending the paint that they give up the three or they just rely on three-point luck to determine whether they're going to compete in the game. Um, give the Magic credit, though. Um, you know, the starters really struggled at the start of the game. You could tell it was the first preseason game. You could tell everyone was, you know, you could tell Paolo especially was a little bit nervous. We'll dive into his game here in a little bit. Um, you could tell that this team had some some things that they were still working through and, and, and that, yes, they, they were a little bit behind. Uh, you know, I, I anticipated that, A, there'd be tired legs because they're working, they, they've been working so hard and put, doing a lot of practices. The pause for the hurricane definitely put them a little bit behind. Memphis had already played a preseason game. It was just, and, and Memphis is a tough matchup for this young team anyway because Memphis does a lot of things the Magic like to, want, or want to do eventually. Um, but this, it was it was tough. And, and, and the starters really struggled at the start of the game. Did some good things, honestly. Like I think even Mosley said this after the game. He felt like their half-court defense was pretty good throughout the course of the game. Did a lot of things they wanted to do. And look, the Magic found themselves within striking distance deep into the second quarter before Memphis pulled away. The reason why the score is what it was is because of turnovers. Um, we'll dive into the numbers here, but it was like 25 turnovers for 30 Memphis points. Uh, Memphis had like had like 22, 25, you know, mid-20s um, in terms of fast break points. The Magic committed bad turnovers. Um, and so, the re- you know, I, 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 look, I'm, a, I'm, I'm an optimistic person. We're, we're here in the preseason. I'm not going to go too hard on mistakes because this is the time to make mistakes. It's time to kind of work that stuff out. Um, but I will say this. The Magic have talked all offseason long, all training camp long, about limiting mistakes, about paying attention to detail, uh, and about uh, and about transition defense especially. That was one of the big focuses early in camp. And the Magic struggled in all three of those areas. Um, so while, yes, there are positive things, and yes, I, I think the Magic are fine in the long run here, um, at least compared to expectations perhaps, the concern is there were a lot of things that they've talked about a lot during training camp that did not carry over consistently into the game. And, and, and that might just be what reality is, that the Magic understand what they have to do better at, understand what that, pro- what that process is, but the consistency carrying over to games, that's where being young is going to hurt this team, is, is, is that consistency every single night. Um, I would say one of the issues the Magic had is they struggled to make a lot of shots. And, and I didn't think their shots were that bad. I think maybe they were a little quick to shoot threes. It's been a focus of the Magic not to pass up threes, but I think they were a little quick to shoot threes. They didn't do a good job getting in the paint. I'm going to dive into those numbers here in a minute. Uh, but uh, they had a lot of live ball turnovers that led directly to fast breaks. The Magic's transition defense wasn't very good. Um, they, I think they got frustrated at times with their lack of shot making, and that led to difficulties on the other end. And so, again, it's, it's really important to remember that there is an interplay between offense and defense that is super important to, to, to every team. And, and, and you have to be able to, to play, to at least be competent offensively, to defend at a really high level and not give up these kind of big runs. And that's really what it was, was Memphis going on big runs that gave them the deficit. Like I said, it's the first preseason game. I don't want to grade it too harshly um, because there were good things. Um, You know, you you might look at the box score and be like, you know, there there are a lot of people who watched the game I saw on social media. They were like, that was some bad basketball. And you're right. You chose to watch preseason basketball, especially the first preseason game. 
what did you expect? Um, but no, I mean, but seriously, like, this is how first preseason games go. It's, it's not indicative of where this team is going to be. But having said that, there are, a lot, there are a lot of things that this team has talked about, that this team has really put an emphasis on and a focus on, that we didn't see play out on the court in this game. We didn't see carry over to what this team is trying to accomplish on the court. And to me, that is... Concern isn't the right word, but to me, that is the biggest thing and the biggest knock on this team is, you know, look, and this is going to be the bigger point, this team talked a big game. And this team, you know, not necessarily about expectations, but talked about what they want to accomplish, what they need to do, that actually doing it is going to prove to be a much taller task. If there's anything that we learned from this preseason game, it's that. It's that, yes, there is talent. Yes, there is something there. But there's a lot of puzzle pieces that are still figuring things out. And and again, a lot of lineups that we didn't expect to see or no one expected to see out there. You know, starting Wendell, Paolo, and Mo Bamba together. You know, Franz Wagner sat out as, as he's continuing to kind of get some get some recuperation from Eurobasket. Um, it's there's there's a lot out there that players are getting used to, and and, and it's gonna take some time to to feel that comfort. And and everyone acknowledged that. So it, it's not like it this shouldn't be a driving concern. This should you know, you watch this game, you shouldn't be like, oh well, it's all going to hell. No, it's it's the preseason. But we need to continue to see those. We need to continue to see them progress and get better. And again, carry over what we've seen from camp. And to me, that's the biggest disappointment from this game is that stuff they've talked about in camp didn't quite make it into this game. And, and, and that will be the big concern. We're going to go through the box score, talk a little bit about how the Magic can start walking the walk coming up here in just a moment. But first... A quick word from our pals at Built Bar. If you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you're depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There's a new flavor. Delicious, indulgent cookie dough. Covered in chocolate, Built has done it again. Let me introduce you to the cookie dough chunk puff. It has light and chewy texture. Real cookie dough chunks are right there on the top. And of course, covered in 1% real chocolate. All the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it. Plus, it's healthy for you. Cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories, and they have a whopping 15 grams of protein in them. Run to Built.com to snag a box for you and the family. It will be the perfect treat. Or you can find a really good hiding place and just hoard them for yourself. It's all good. No judgments here. Like all Built Bars, new cookie dough chunk puff is covered in 1% real chocolate. That means they're healthy and tasty, too. Chocolate-covered cookie dough with a light, fluffy texture. It is delicious. Trust me. I've tried it. It's, it's one of the best flavors that I've had from Built Bar. What's great about Built is that all of their bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. You're going to love the new cookie dough chunk puff, whether you need a snack for your workout, a late night treat, or just need to grab a quick bite. Built is the perfect protein bar, and they taste better than a candy bar, so ditch the calories, fat, and sugar. Grab yourself a Built Bar today. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCKEDON15. That's LOCKEDON15 and get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCKEDON15. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. 
but there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring, but for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. We want to thank you for making Locked On Magic your first listen every day. Make sure you check out the Ultimate Pro Basketball Preview starting October 10th. That's this Monday. A six-episode extravaganza to get you ready for the NBA season. The local team experts, including me, and the NBA insiders of the Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey all combining into one Ultimate NBA Preview. I recorded my episode um, last week, but had a lot of fun talking with all the teams at the bottom because we have a good time at the bottom. It's all optimism down at the bottom. So starting Monday, October 10th, search for Ultimate Pro Basketball Preview 2022 on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. It's a game day. It's a game recap, so you know what we got to do. We're going to go through the box score, talk a little bit about individual performances here. Again, it's preseason, so there are some things that I'm not going to be so worried about and things that are worth pointing out and worth talking about. Um, like, 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 for instance, the... The big, you know, they're shooting 39.3% from the floor. To me, that's very preseason-ish. I'm not super worried about it. Uh, shooting 54 three-pointers, uh, that's definitely not ideal for the Magic. I, I, I'm a big believer that the Magic should be probably in the low 30s in three-point attempts. Um, there was a lot of three-point shooting in this game. And again, some of it I think is kind of by design. Um, the Magic have told their players, don't pass up shots. Now it's about figuring out what a good three-point shot is and what isn't. So the Magic shoot 18 of 54 from three. That's way too many three-pointers, especially considering how little they got in the paint. The Magic only scored 22 points in the paint on 11 for 24 shooting. The Grizzlies have 50 points in the paint on 25 for 42 shooting. That's a big difference. Orlando shoots only 13 free throws. Memphis has 34. Again, you know... Fouling is expected at this stage of the preseason, and, and, and learning how to defend without fouling is going to make this Magic defense a whole lot better. But good God, get in the paint, get someone in the lane, get someone going to the basket. The Magic were playing five out and acted like the paint was somewhat toxic. Um, Three-pointers should be coming off of paint touches. That's what Memphis understood. That's how Memphis got their shots. Um, Orlando's offense still needs a lot of work. Um, let me just put it that way. Orlando's Orlando's offense is still... Very much a work in progress. I think a lot of pe- a lot of players are still figuring things out. And honestly, you know, they've had so little time in the gym. Maybe the Magic just haven't installed a lot of offense yet. And so that could be a, a point of emphasis for, for tomorrow's practice. Um, frankly, that could be a point of emphasis uh, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, or Sunday, mon- Sunday, Monday, as they get ready for preseason games at the Amway Center next week. Again, time is going to run out here pretty quickly. So we do need to see some offensive improvement overall. 
Uh, let's start with uh, with Paolo Bancaro. That's obviously who everyone wants to talk about. We'll talk more about Paolo Bancaro's uh, first game uh, perhaps tomorrow. Um, eight points, two for nine shooting, 0 for two from deep, four for four from the foul line. Those were the most free throw attempts any player took on the team. That's a good sign. Uh, two rebounds, two steals, four turnovers, and, and a block. Um, look, Paolo had a lot of nervous energy. It was very, very clear. Um, the team's lack of offensive cohesion probably hurt him more than anyone else. Or the Magic want Pal- with, pa- with Markel Fultz out, want Paolo to be the main creator. Uh, and that was a role that he kind of struggled with because he was kind of hunting for a shot a little bit. Um, it's hard to say exactly what the goals were, but there are still some really good things from Paolo Bancaro. Uh, opening possession of the game, he had a steal that led to a lay-in. A fantastic play by him. Followed that up later in the first with a nice block. Uh, on Dylan Brooks on a three-pointer. Yeah, blocking three-pointers is super impressive. I, I don't care who you are. Uh, and then Edish, and then his last field goal, his last field goal make was a really nice drive and dunk over two players uh, at the end, near the end of the second quarter. So we saw hints of everything Paolo can do. I would say Paolo just looked very sped up. Um, I think he was excited. I think there was definitely some nervous energy from him. Uh, and, and it just felt like everything he was doing was a little too fast. Um, the Magic did dump the ball to him. He became kind of the designated hey, get us a basket late in the shot clock. That's what the Magic actually want him to do eventually too. But um, it, it definitely felt like Paolo was working through some some nerves and some energy. Game is going to slow down for him. He, he's going to be fine in the end. Cole Anthony, like I said, Cole Anthony I thought had a really impressive game. 17 points, 6 for, six for 10 shooting, 4 for 8 from deep, 5 rebounds. Uh, did have 3 turnovers, um, no assists. Uh, he was essentially playing off guard. The Magic really let Jalen Suggs run the show. Uh, Suggs, just four points, two for five shooting, uh, two assists, five turnovers. Mixed bag for Jalen Suggs. Did decently defensively on Ja Morant when he was on him. Uh, but uh, otherwise, I, I was not so impressed with, uh, you know, Jalen did some better things, looked a little bit more composed, but, you know, not forcing things as much, but still needed some work, still not showing everything we want to show. But Cole Anthony, I thought, was really, really good. I thought his his leadership... He really seemed to be the one that got everything the Magic were trying to do. Really quick passing, really quick decisions, not standing and holding the ball. I know that's something he was critical of himself as much as fans were critical of him for that. Um, I, I really like the game that Cole put together. Uh, I think that I think he really showed tremendous growth. Uh, and, and again, even defensively, he's competing. We know it's going to be a little bit of an uphill climb with him defensively, but he really looked the part and looked better uh, in, in this game than, than I think any of us expected. So a really strong game for him. Got to give a shout out to, to RJ Hampton, 14 points, six for 11 shooting. Got two for six from deep, seven assists, one turnover. We talked all summer long, especially after summer league struggles about how RJ needs to slow down and, and be more patient and be more poised and composed. He showed that in this game. Um, I was really, really impressed. He was one of the few bright spots on the team. Uh, plus nine uh, on the plus minus, which was the most of any player on the team. Some of that because, yes, late in the game, the Magic were able to, to close the gap down a little bit to make the score look a little bit more respectable. Magic were never really in this game in the second half, but RJ was a big piece of the Magic getting back into the game in the first and second quarters. Um, really just did play really, really well. I have to be really, really happy with how he played. Terrence Ross, 12 points, 5 for 11, shooting 2 for 7 from deep. He looked like the old Terrence Ross. He didn't look like last year Terrence Ross, so that was a good sign from him. Uh, Mo Wagner, 15 points, 5 for 7 shooting, 4 for 6 from deep. Uh, just really, really solid play from him. Like I said, there are some things that I'm going to be worried about, some things I'm not. 
Wendell Carter, five points, one for six shooting. Magic do have to find a way to get him more involved, uh, but I'm not worried about Wendell Carter figuring out how to be ready for a basketball game or be ready for the season. Um, he's someone that I trust to be ready. Mo Bamba, seven points, three for six shooting, three blocks, just three rebounds. You know, Magic, again, just struggling a little bit with a lot of different things offensively, but Mo, we know where his shots are going to come from. I'm not super, super worried about him. Bull Bull, a quiet 20 minutes over two shooting, 1.6 rebounds for him. The Memphis Grizzlies shoot 43.9%. Again, some of that's just preseason stuff. It's it's not necessarily the Magic's defense, although I thought the Magic's defense did good. They make 10 of 36 three-pointers. It certainly felt like Memphis made more than 10 three-pointers. They were definitely a little three-point happy too, uh, but the three-pointers Memphis made did seem to uh, especially break their backs. Um Santi Aldama hit four three-pointers all in the first half. Really no one else hit that many threes, but um, again, Santi Aldama's threes really seemed to kill kill the Magic. 27-34 from the foul line. That's where the big difference in the game was. Big difference as well. Orlando has 25 turnovers leading to 33 Memphis points. Memphis has 27 turnovers, but only leading to 20 Orlando points. Grizzlies have 30 fast break points, 11 for 15 on fast breaks. Magic just 15 for them. And again, points in the paint. Memphis wins that 50-22. to 22. So Memphis made a living in the paint. They did a really good job kind of passing and attacking off the Magic's mistakes. Magic struggled to, to do the same. And again, that's that's really the difference in the score this game and a difference in, in how, you know, the where these two teams are at. Memphis is a team that knows how to take advantage of your mistakes. Orlando is a team that's still kind of figuring itself out and figuring out uh, how it's going to run this year. The Memphis Grizzlies defeat the Orlando Magic 109-97 to in the Magic's first preseason game. It's Memphis's second. Um, and obviously, a lot to build and a lot to grow on here for the Orlando Magic as they get ready for the next part, next preseason game on Thursday. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So like I said, um, what's, you know, let's let's close this show, let's close this talk about the first preseason game uh, by recognizing that, yes, there is still a lot of work to do. Um, you know, it's easy to be optimistic, it's easy to be, uh, to, to believe in the best version of yourself when there's no game under your belt, uh, when it's all theoretical. And, and look, don't get me wrong. There's still a lot to be excited about this Magic team. Monday should not dim that excitement. But what Monday proved to be was a bit of a dose of reality. What Monday really was for me, what this game really was for me, is this is this little punch in the gut a little bit to say, hey, y'all can talk all you want about making better decisions, about, uh, about being... Smarter, correcting mistakes, defending well, you know, playing offense the way you want to play offense. You could talk all you want about that. And in training camp, it's easy to to do that. 
Because in a practice setting, you can stop and correct things in real time. But learning how to do this in a game setting, learning how to do this uh, you know, when the coach can't stop you every second and make corrections or can't pull you off to the side, where you really, you know, when you're in the game, they can't sub for you for until there's a dead ball. The coach can't pull you to the side, can't take you to the side court and correct mistakes in real time. You've got to figure things out on your own. You got to make it work. You got to find a way. And if you really believe, if you really bought in, it's on you to find a way to make it work, to stay in the moment, to not let mistakes build up. And, and believe me, that's what happened in this game. Mistakes built up. A turnover became a fast break, became another turnover, became a fast break. That, that's how Memphis beat the match twice last year. That's how they built their lead in this one. And that's the exact kind of thing the Magic have been saying they're trying to eliminate, saying they're trying to do. And granted, I will give them this. They were better at that. John Morant has a 360 dunk off a turnover. Cole Anthony answers with a three. No one's going to remember that because the John Morant dunk was fantastic. But the Magic responded. And, and, and again, you know, again, there's there's that stretch in the second quarter where they're giving up a lot of turnovers and all that. But, you know, again, it, the Magic know that they have a lot to correct. But talking this talk, saying, oh, we're going to do this, we're going to be that, is very, very different from doing it on the floor. It's very, very different from playing this way every single night, from having that consistency that's going to be necessary to win. Everyone knows how talented this Magic team can be and how talented this is, this team is. But making it work on the floor is going to be the big challenge. And for this team, it's something they've never done before. You know, look, I'm not playing the game. I can sit here and conceptually talk about all the things the Magic are going to do all I want. And look, it, for, for us observers, for us fans, we can certainly point to all the things that this Magic team needs to do and needs to do better. But actually doing it, even from a player perspective, being able to point to, yes, I need to be in this spot better. I need to read that pass better. I need to see that the weak side defender's coming over. You know, some more of the advanced stuff that, that, that maybe fans don't always dive into. Players can point that out too, just as well. But actually getting on the court and doing it, actually getting on the court and effectuating that change, that's a much more difficult thing to do. That is a much more difficult process to go by, and that is a much more difficult task. If there was something that we learned Monday, it's that, yes, the Magic may be saying all the right things. The Magic may be doing and trying to do all the right things, and that may have the best intentions in the world, but doing it is not going to be so easy. Climbing to the fourth seed out of nothing isn't going to be so easy. Is it going to be snap your fingers automatic? It's going to take a lot of work. It's going to take a lot of growing pains. And it's going to be a very, very difficult task. But that's the challenge you want. It's not supposed to be easy. And this team still understands that it has a long way to grow. Even through all the optimism that we heard throughout training camp, this team knows it still has a lot of work to do to do these things. So getting this feeling, playing a really good team in Memphis, Thursday against San Antonio, frankly, should be a better judge of 
where the magic are at or just how far advanced or how much further advanced the magic are. Because Memphis is a tough defensive team and Orlando struggled with that. So talk, talking to talk is all well and good. But this magic team has to walk the walk. This magic team has to find its way to make all of the things that it believes into action. And preseason is meant to help figure that part out. It's not going to be pretty. It's going to be a bumpy road to get there. It's probably going to last into the regular season, guys. But Monday served as a reminder that it's easy to point these things out. It's easy to say all these things. It's going to be a lot harder to make it all happen. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. Hit your tune in. Hit like Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the fun places on the podcast to your podcast-enabled listening device. For the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us on Twitter at omagicdaily. On our next episode of Locked on Magic, we'll probably dive a little bit deeper into Paolo Bancaro's game, what we saw from him, what we still need to see from him um, as the rookie, as the number one overall pick. Uh, gets his feet wet in the NBA. But for your next listen, be sure to check out the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Josh Lloyd hosts the number one daily fantasy basketball show on the planet. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Obviously, fantasy basketball season in the air. Don't play DFS on preseason games. Someone, when when Franz Wagner was announced that he was out, someone, someone said, someone retweeted my tweet and said, note for DFS players. And I was like, don't play DFS for for. Don't play fantasy basketball for preseason. Like, don't. It's 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 not. No, don't. Don't. Just don't. That's either here nor there. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Lockdown Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Lockdown Magic, this is the Phil Frost and Reich. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Lockdown. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.